This is Clayton Howe's Entertainment X. For part two with Joe Roscoe, we continue the conversation on journaling and practicing gratitude. We also discuss how if you want uncommon results, you have to do uncommon things and so much more. So I hope you enjoy part two with Joe Roscoe. Do you uh, journal or meditate? Yeah, I I do journal. I have I have yet to conquer meditation. Um, I will pray as a part of faith, but meditation I have yet to really be able to. Yeah, I haven't I haven't set my as a as a coach. I'll coach myself by just saying I I haven't really applied myself to master it. But journaling I love. So journaling for me looks like this. It's always. Uh, because I struggle with just like worry and anxiety, like a lot of us do as far as like, am I doing enough? Am I in the right place? Da, 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 da. So I'll list out those thoughts and then, then I'll list, what can I do about that? What actionable items am I going to take to resolve these complications that are on my mind? And if I have them, then I'll list them out and I'll do them. And, it, and obviously feel a lot better. And if there aren't actionable items that I can do, then I guess that would be a quote unquote meditative state that I would then like sit there and be like, okay, you have to let this go. Like this is out of your reach. This is out of you being able to do anything about it. This one particular thing you have to let go. And that's been a game changer for me. And then the last thing I'll write is just one like thing that I'm grateful for. So first is the storm. What are the actual items you're going to do today to calm the storm? And then at the end, you know, what's going well that you can be grateful for? Uh, yeah, I love that. Focusing on gratitude and what you're grateful for, I think so much decreases fear of the unknown, which usually just doesn't exist. So, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was talking to a friend. He, he has a family and, and uh, he has some uh, two, two daughters. And he was just sharing that when you look at a child and the carefree nature, obviously, yeah, they're not an adult. They don't have bills. They don't have whatever. But they do just have this innocence of just being where they're at in the moment. And there's something to learn from that. So I think that if we can all just kind of go back to that core root of just that childlike nature, we'd be a lot better off. Hopping back for a second to alcohol. Do you have go-to yeah. libations when you're going out or do you have a, a preference or is there a way in which you think about that if you're going to drink? Yeah, totally. Um, so I, t I typically am a whiskey guy just because that's what I like. I love whiskey. Um, <laughs> I'll typically have it on the rocks. Um, and if I want to like treat myself, then yeah, I'm going to have an old fashioned. Um, but you have things like simple syrup, sugar, stuff like that within an old fashioned. Um, but whiskey, yeah. I think if we're going to make this educational, um, like I just said, you can pick and choose when you're going to treat yourself because alcohol does consume a lot of calories uh, for the most part. And just something for people to know that when you have alcohol, you know, you can go as 
far as saying it's poison. So your body is trying to process that first and get it out of its system first, which is then going to negate it processing your other nutrients, your other carbs, fats, proteins, which could lead to excessive fat storage. So that's just one thing to know. Another thing is like with alcohol comes probably poor eating, comes probably a rough day the next day, which will then like throw off your sleep, your ability to want to work out. And then the effort attitude of probably just then eating poorly again because of the alcohol. Right. <laughs> so I, uh, I try to limit myself to one to two nights um, a week. It's depending on like the extracurricular activity I have going on, whether it's uh, dates or friends or going to a show or whatever. Um, but yeah, as far as it being a vice, I obviously wouldn't suggest that for anyone. <laughs> it's kind of tough. You know, New York City, a lot of these meetings revolve around alcohol or coffee. And too much of really either is not a yeah. good thing. Yeah, it's wild. It's, it's, you know, like anything in life, but I'd say it a lot with fitness. If you want to have uncommon results, then you have to do uncommon things. And nowadays, especially culturally, probably forever, but it just seems more prevalent as I'm getting older. Like the pressure to have a drink or like you mentioned, the coffee is so high. It's like you're an alien if you don't drink or if you aren't going to have a coffee, you know? Yeah. So it, it is going to take some major effort and commitment to be like, you know, I'm, I'm just going to have sparkling water with a lime and ask the waiter or waitress if they'd kindly put it in a ball glass. So it gives me that mental stimulation as if I'm having a drink. Um, I bring that up because that's actually something I do. Um, I'll get uh, sparkling water with a lime in a ball glass and I'll do this especially uh, if I'm like at, at a bar with a bartender that might be like oh great uh, I got a $2 tab on my hands but I'll assure them and say hey I'm going to tip you as if I had three drinks tonight if you, if you just kindly keep giving me the sparkling water I'd really appreciate it yeah that's the social pressures of drinking are abound. <laughs> they are abounding. They're everywhere. Yeah. And I don't even think people realize that they're pressuring or, you know, attempting to pressure you into drinking, you know, it's mm. like, Oh, are you, are you uncomfortable if I drink then? Is it, is there something wrong with, you know, and maybe they're just caring, but it starts to really turn into a, a, a pressure. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's, it's kind of a dance. Like, that conversation always happens. Are you first? It's are you going to have a drink? And then you'll either say back yes or no, or are you? Depending on how that goes, the other person will say, "Well, I don't want to get a drink if you're not." So then you have the pressure of like, "Oh, well, I got to get a drink because I don't want them to not have a drink because of me." So yeah, it's this dance that always happens it's <laughs> when going out. I you know, and I've heard other. Um solutions to it, you know, of saying like, oh, it doesn't go with my medication, which seems to shut people up very quickly. 
or, mm. you know, just simply knowing the bartender and ordering a gin and tonic, knowing full well you're only getting soda water or whatever, you know, it's any of that. But it's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. how much thought goes into it to not <laughs> consume alcohol, <laughs> especially in New yeah. York City. Yeah, yeah, New York is yeah, drinking cultures at its at its high there in the city. Do you Yeah, it's it's a great go ahead. No, no, sorry, I was gonna change topics, so please say what you're gonna say. Yeah. No, yeah, just to end that, it's just like what if we just said the truth on both ends? What right. if we just were more with more honest with each other? I I'd love to have a drink. Please have a drink right now. Uh, I have a big day tomorrow. I don't think I'm going to have a drink tonight. Great. That's it. You know, you enjoy your drink. I don't have my drink. And so I think that maybe the core or the root of of the solution is just being honest with each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm curious. Do you ever get stuck? And if so, how do you get unstuck? I love how you, um, phrases because my apartment has this cool TV uh, setup where there's like a half divider in the room and the TV's on it and it's on a swivel. So you can like rotate the TV. It's a studio. So you could rotate the TV to, to face one direction of the room or another. And on the back side of this TV, on the other side of it is a blackboard that you can like write on with old school Chuck. And I have hashtag unstuck <laughs> on top of this blackboard. So that's funny that you phrased it this way. I love it. So, yeah, I actually just wrote this blackboard, uh, the unstuck list, maybe a couple of months ago. And it goes back to what I told, uh, I, I told you about the journaling. I just listed out what is all the shit that's going wrong for me right now that I just can't break free of and what am I doing to continuously sabotage myself like Hmm. okay what do I want what do I want to happen and if if I were to list out all the things I need to do to make that happen what do I got to do but on the flip side what is the list of all the things I could do to make sure that this won't happen And then when I make that list of all the things that I should do to sabotage myself, I'll start to realize that, oh, wait, a good part of this list I'm already doing. I'm like, of course, you're stuck. Of course, these things are happening because the things you're doing aren't reflecting what you want. Like if you want to get up every morning at 9 a.m. and go to the gym, it's not be- and you're not going. It's not because you lack the motivation. It's because you're watching Netflix till three in the morning. So it's the action that's making you stuck, not your lack of motivation, not your lack of intelligence, not your lack of a, a networking circle that's going to get you that promotion or get you to the next step. Hmm. You're just not serving yourself in, in what you're doing. So that's it. It's, it's not a magic equation. And I think life is so again, like going back to the honesty thing with each other, with the alcohol, it's just about being honest with yourself. Like, man, why don't I have the savings account that I want? Well, I don't know. You spend $14 a day on coffee. So maybe you should start there. It's just, 
it's just uh, having those tough conversations with yourself. It's amazing, too, what changing a location can do for your mind. My wife and I got down to Ocean City a month ago, and in the off-season, a quiet beach was absolutely incredible when you're going between apartment that faces brick wall, work, cloudy, cold, gym, apartment that faces brick wall, (laughs) and just simply sitting at a beach for one day removed so many of these stories we tell ourselves because you just fall into Mm. routine, good routine and bad routine mentally. So I think it's, yeah, I love that you have that visual reminder of hashtag unstuck. So how can we, so if you don't have a beach though, how can we still take advantage of your location? Like looking back at the place you were at, was, was there anything you think you could have done differently? Oh, it's got nothing as to do as it's got nothing to do with the location. It's got everything to do oh. with how you view it. It was just oh, using okay, that okay. location, you know, to have this like mind opening experience. But you can take that. I mean, it's it's not really what happens to you. It's what you make of it. So you can sure. you can I mean, we're the only living beings that can think ourselves into a problem without there being any problem. Dogs mm. don't do that. Fish do yeah, not I- do that. We have a treat (laughs) being able to do that. So consciously, and it's what you said, really writing down what you want, you know, what you want, what you're keeping yourself, what's keeping you from it. You know, these gratitude things, just being grateful for the sun on your face can go miles mentally. Yeah. I think going back to the honest conversation conversation as well is if you're making a list or you're listening to this and you're like, I am doing the things, then the next question is, at what level are you doing the things? How much effort are you actually putting into this? Because I think that now, as a society, as things get easier technologically for us, I think that it's kind of hurting us work ethic-wise where we think things just like happen. They're just instant or they're easy. When really we need to sit back and say, am I doing the things that this other person's doing that I'm envying uh, at the level that they're doing them? Or am I just spending more time complaining at the fact that I'm I'm not there yet? Uh, I see this a lot at the gym. I actually just had a training session with a friend in person He's like, holy shit, like I thought I was working hard, but now that I'm training with you, like I'm I'm like 50% at the level that you're at. And it's not because I'm more in shape than him. It was just that my relative perception of what effort was was different. So we just have to make sure that like Are we actually putting the work in that is required to get the result that we're seeking? If you're seeking, if you're seeking an average result, and I'm not trying to sound pretentious, but it's just, I'm a coach that talks to hundreds of people throughout the week and hear the same, you can imagine the same thing over and over and over again. So I just have just been getting more and more blunt with my approach on it, but just like, you have to be uncommon. So many people want uncommon things, but they're not doing uncommon tasks to get those things. And it just baffles me. Uh, all right. Sorry about that tangent there, but yeah. I'm so glad we're <laughs> I'm so glad we're capturing it because 
yes, so many people want an, it's another way of saying like so many people want an extraordinary life, you know, and if you want an extraordinary life, you have to do extraordinary things. You cannot do the same thing and yeah, expect all, different results. Yeah. All these people that have done amazing things for the most part, they had to put their neck on the line and they had to go through hard times and they had to work tooth and nail from sun up to sundown while maybe the people around them were watching Netflix, were, I don't know, eating chips on the couch. I don't know. But they, they it didn't just get handed to them. They, they worked their ass off. They worked, period. Are you putting in the work? Period. I love it. I love this conversation. I, I'm curious, um, is there any common piece of incorrect advice you hear within fitness? Mm. Yeah, so I'll say not that it's incorrect, but it's unnecessary. To link it to build for the stage and performance, I always tell that I always tell my performers, hey, if you if you want to do a triple pirouette, are you gonna start practicing triple pirouettes or are you going to be at the ballet bar uh, working on the fundamentals and then starting with a single? And I say this metaphorically to say people want to fast. They want to do a juice cleanse. They want to take these supplements or fat burners. They want to do all this fancy stuff when they're not even hitting the basics. They're not even having lean meats, vegetables, nuts, fruit for snacks, good starches, choosing when they'll have sugar and all that. Like they're doing a juice cleanse, but yet they're having pizza for dinner every night. It doesn't add up. Like that's people are hopping from one magazine cover to one trendy Instagram influencer that really has no idea what they're talking about when really they just need to do the basics and they need to do it consistently. The fitness industry doesn't tell you that it's, that it's easy because they want you to be dependent on them. But really, it's easy. The hard thing is that it's easy because it's uncommon and people don't want to do this over and over again. Uh, are you tracking? Am I making sense? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the fundamentals of it are easy, but the hard part is the consistency. And many people will, you know, yeah, get on a kick and like, then fall off in four days or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Even now, when I'm saying when I'm saying it, I know people are gonna listen to this and be like, "No, but like, what's really the secret? Like, what's no? Like, I told you my hourly routine, basically to the T, about how I eat, and that's it. I do it every day. That's the thing. Like, mm. if if I tap my my arm here a couple of times, nothing's gonna happen. But if I tap my arm for a year like this, I'm going to have the hugest bruise, maybe even pierce my skin and cut it to a sense because of the consistency in which I'm tapping it. But people think, oh, I tapped this arm for a couple of days and nothing's happening. There must be some ma more magic. No, you just got to stay the course and put the work in and know that something like this doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. I love that. I love this conversation on consistency too. I, um, I'm wondering if you balance it, how do you balance achievement versus fulfillment in your life? Mm. I think, uh, 
I think there, I think fulfillment is the focus and I think fulfillment is not gained through achievement. I think it's gained through the journey. I think that the achievement is the journey. I think that the, the goal is the journey. Um, because when you interview a champion, when you interview a Tony award winner, when you interview someone with a multi-million dollar business, they're not going to look at that championship game or the day they uh, broke the X amount of dollar marker. They're going to talk mostly about the practices, the team dinners, the rehearsals, the times at the office when they were sleeping on an air mattress with only two people in the building and now there's a thousand employees. The journey, the process is where the fulfillment's at. Um, Michael Phelps, a thousand time gold Olympian, he would get extremely depressed after every single one of the of his Olympics. Why? Because it was over. And yeah, he won, but what he thrived in was that purpose of getting better each day was showing up to work. So for me, that's where the achievement is. It's within the journey. Metaphorically speaking, if you could put a word or a phrase on a billboard for millions of people to see, does anything come to mind? Uh, I'd say work harder and be nicer. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think uh, I think loving your neighbor and yeah, loving your neighbor and embracing work. I think we're all made to work. We're all made to work in in some way. Meaning, like maybe you're made to have these amazing uh, conversations to fulfill people with purpose and education that they need to increase their life. You know, Sally down the road was made to, to bake. So whatever work is for you, uh, I think we're all made to share it with one another. Yeah. And that there's no pressure. We put all this pressure on ourselves. If there's something you want to do, there's just, just do it. There's really no pressure. You don't have to live a life because it's being forced on. If you want to sit in front of a beach all day, do it. That's great. That's fulfillment. You're enjoying your life. If you want to start a hundred companies and do all this stuff, do it, but there's no pressure. So enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, if I could go back to everything I just said, you know, I, I could erase it in some way. It's, it's really just like who you're speaking to. Like, the work harder thing or the are you working as hard as you think is is I'm speaking to the person that's wanting to increase or level up in some way. Yeah. But if contentment, if contentment to you is, you know, where you're at with what you're doing, then amazing. Keep doing it like you just said. Um, but for something to change, you have to change. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't desire change, if you're content in what you're doing then that's amazing. And at the end of the day, I'll just say like, we're all going to die. And chances are the people that you are caring about, like what they think about you 
aren't even going to come to your funeral or even think about you again when after you're, after you're gone. So why not just live the life that you want and enjoy it as much as possible with the loved ones around you? I love that. I love that. I love this conversation. Thank you for taking the time, Joe. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up today? No, it's uh, we're having this interview in May. It is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it's uh, something that's like really dear on my heart with other loved ones, with myself. So if you're out there right now and you are struggling, you're not alone. And with me being a fitness guy, I'll just say that fitness is one of the best medications that you could ever prescribe to. So move your body. It'll make you feel so much better. Uh, so if you're in a stuck place, if you're in a rut, yeah, I'd encourage you to start moving your body. People of the world, Joe Roscoe. You've been listening to Entertainment X, the podcast. You can follow Entertainment X on Instagram at underscore Entertainment X underscore. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join Clay next week for another Curiosity Conversation on Entertainment X. Thank you for listening.